Welcome to Main Thing Radio with Robert Fountain, pastor of Calvary Chapel, Miami Beach, in Miami Beach, Florida. Join us as Pastor Robert teaches through God's Word. Verse 7, for none of us lives to himself, and no one dies to himself. For if we live, we live to the Lord, and if we die, we die to the Lord. Therefore, whether we live or die, we are the Lord's. What exactly is he saying? I mean, this is a powerful statement. It's one of those that's like, wow. It's easy to think that you belong to yourself, that what you do only affects you. Today, Pastor Robert shows us that no believer in Christ belongs to himself. We live and we die for Christ, for his glory, to live his purposes. So when it comes to matters of opinion, we want to show the maximum grace to one another. Stick around after today's message from Pastor Robert. I have quite a bit of information that I'd like to share with you. Our web address, podcast, subscription information, and our contact information. Now here's Pastor Robert in the book of Romans chapter 14 as he continues his message, Cancelling Christians. When it becomes a debate, when it becomes something where it's no longer a healthy discussion, but it's deteriorating, God says, cut it out. It's inappropriate. Receive the person, but not to the point, not to disputes over doubtful things. And this is coming to us through the same pen which gave us 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 9 through 12. The Apostle Paul writing to the Corinthians in chapter 5, he says, I wrote to you in my epistle not to keep company with sexually immoral people. So in other words, what is he saying? He said, I, I wrote to you in my epistle, to ostracize sexually immoral people, right? That's what he's saying. I wrote to you not to keep company, ostracize sexually immoral people. Yet I certainly did not mean with the sexually immoral people of this world or with the covetous or extortioners, idolaters, since you would, then you would need to go out of the world. It's like there's no escaping it. The world around us is given over to sinfulness. But, now I have written to you not to keep company with anyone named a brother who is sexually immoral, covetous, an idolater, a reviler, a drunkard, extortioner, not even to eat with such a person. Now, okay, so now in Corinthians, he's advocating that we cancel a brother? Yes, over things that are clearly condemned by Scripture. Sexual immorality being one of them. Now, we, we wink at this stuff today as if it's not even in the Bible. You know, it's like, oh, you can't judge people. Yeah, actually, there are certain things that he tells us we must judge. 
We must. When somebody claims Christ while persisting in living a lifestyle of wickedness, immorality, thieving, God says, you need to call them to account. You need to judge them. You, you, need, to, you need to confront the fact that, okay, you say you trust Jesus, you, you say you belong to him, and yet you're living in immorality. We're not talking about a failure. We're not talking about a, you know, where, where, where a, a person goes off the deep end for a, a period of time and, and, and then is filled with remorse and and there is repentance. There's, there's a return. There's a change of behavior. There's, you know, I, I remember years ago, I preached a message like this. And the following Sunday, a young couple came up to me and said, okay, we went and got a marriage license. We want you to marry us tomorrow because we've been living in sin. I'm like, wait, you want me to marry you tomorrow? Yeah, because we're leaving town. We're, flying, we're moving to L.A. on Tuesday, and we want to get this straight. It was a clear act of obedience, a clear act of repentance. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? Where God just really grieved them over it and, and they returned. Wonderful. But God says you have to call this stuff out because it's, it's so unhealthy for the church to pretend that sexual immorality is harmless or no worse than this, that, or the other. But on these issues that aren't so clearly dealt with in the Bible, God wants us to be gracious. Stay humble. Disagreeing does not divide us. Pride divides us. You can disagree. We can disagree. But we may not let it deteriorate to the point of disputes which divide. So, now, a reminder in the third statement that I want to draw to your attention. Verse 7 For none of us lives to himself, and no one dies to himself. For if we live, we live to the Lord. And if we die, we die to the Lord. Therefore, whether we live or die, we are the Lord's. What exactly is he saying? I mean, this is a powerful statement. It's one of those that's like, wow. But but what exactly what's his point? Well, he's telling us you shouldn't really worry yourself over these questionable Issues. Why do we give so much time and attention to these debatable subjects? I'm a little bit baffled. Uh, you know, it's like how do we? How is it that we can spend so much time and energy arguing over these things? I had a guy, again, many years ago. I'm going back 20 years, but it seemed like all he wanted to do for about five years there was argue with me about the timing of the rapture, and I'm like. I'm, I'm done arguing about this. If, if you're convinced, you know, about your position, great. Then just go celebrate the fact that you're so convinced. I disagree with you and you're not changing my mind. Let's just, let's just let it go. Because ultimately, one day we're going to find out which one, maybe both of us are wrong about it. But we both love Jesus, and we both want to see people rescued from death. We want to see people come to know the Lord Jesus. So let's just focus on that. That's the mission. The mission is communicating his love with people who don't really know his love. The mission is making disciples who are rooted and grounded in love 
and capable and, you know, to go and make more disciples who are rooted and grounded in love. Not, not people who all agree with us on every point of doctrine. Doesn't have to be that way. I'm so grateful that, you know, I grew up in ministry, so to speak. I was trained and, and kind of grew up in discipleship with an organization that, that worked with all kinds of different denominations. I worked with, you know, my roommate was raised in the Church of the Brethren, the Plymouth Brethren. And then, you know, one of the, well, actually a couple of the ladies that were on staff had been, you know, they were raised Mennonite in the Mennonite church and then assemblies of God and, you know, all different kinds of groups. We disagreed about things, but we did not disagree about the need for the gospel to be communicated. People need Jesus. We can agree on that. So that became the focus. That was the focus. That needs to be the focus. These questionable issues. He says, you know, We're all going to stand before Jesus one day. Every single one of us is going to answer to God. And that's why, as I've said so many times in the the past and, and said just a moment ago, when you and I stand together in front of Jesus, we're going to find out that we're both wrong about some stuff. I mean, we're flawed. We're finite. We're limited in our understanding, or as the Apostle Paul words it at one point, right now it's like we're seeing through this glass dimly. We got this distorted perspective, but that won't always be the case. When we stand before Jesus, we're gonna see clearly and we're gonna find out where it is that we've been mistaken. It's gonna be just the most exciting moment that we could possibly imagine when all of a sudden everything becomes clear. I don't know about you, but the older I get, the more the brain fog seems to like want to stay. You know, it doesn't, used to be able to kind of shake it off, you know, with a cup of coffee in the morning, but now it takes more than a cup of coffee in the morning to shake off the brain fog. But imagine the moment when all of a sudden everything is crystal clear. It's not like we'll possess all knowledge, but the knowledge that we possess will finally be accurate. 100%. No distortions, not affected by the corruption of the world around us, not affected by the biases that we've grown up under without even recognizing them as biases. glad you tuned in to today's teaching from Main Thing Radio. We're currently in the book of Romans, and there's more to learn next time. If you'd like to hear today's teaching again, or learn more about Main Thing Radio, visit our website at mainthingradio.com. Before our time with you is up for today, we'd like to take a moment and ask you to consider partnering with us here at Main Thing Radio. Would you commit to praying for us each time you tune in? As we continue to produce programs to spread the good news of the gospel, we know the enemy will try to resist it from spreading. We'd appreciate your prayers for protection and guidance in all we do. Would you also pray for your fellow listeners, that each one would allow Jesus to speak truth into their hearts? We have one more way you can support us in what we're doing here at Main Thing Radio, and David's here with the details. We all know it's vitally important to support the local church, a place we call home. But it's also very important to support missionaries. Have you ever considered that Main Thing Radio is missionary work? It is. We need your support 
to continue to share God's Word over the airwaves. Please prayerfully consider financially supporting Main Thing Radio. For more information, visit MainThingRadio.com and click on the Donate button. Thanks, David. And thank you for joining us today here on Main Thing Radio. 